Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. I bet there's a lot of people who are tuning in for the first time and are like, hey, who are these guys? It's the real. And the answer is we're a two-man operation. We are totally self-made. We are a dozen years into our career. We do a lot of cool stuff. And on this podcast, we've had 300 plus guests stop by and have a fun and engaging and different type of conversation. And just so you guys know out there, we don't take ourselves too seriously. We, we do like to think of this as a real profession and we take that seriously. But at the end of the day, we're not like, oh my God, you know, the podcast is yeah, we, we the have be to, all end all. We have to get this major guest to get this many listens. And no, it, it's just, do we put good product out there? Are we happy at the end of the day? And hopefully some people tune in and can get something out of this conversation so now we have to pivot and talk to the people who actually tune in week after week okay. and, and explain why we would have russ on the podcast yeah i guess that that is the question because if 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 the opportunity came to someone like us but not us to get russ on the podcast there is an easy answer it's like yes russ the guy who you know, has had these crazy interviews where it's like back and forth and battling and you get a big headline out of it. Okay, cool. Yeah, you can you can sell that. And the other thing is to be like, well, fuck him. No, I, I don't want that type of conversation. But the more interesting thing maybe is to do neither one of those yeses. What? <laughs> or not the yes and not the no. The I interesting still don't know thing what that means. Is to have the conversation that Russ has not had before. Right, which is what we did. And I think that... You know, here's somebody who is usually responding to something and hasn't really told his story in a, you know, where did he come from uh, sort of way. Yeah. Who are you, Russ? And not, I think that not who are you, Russ? Yeah. There have been glimpses of that in other interviews. I, I saw the, the pull up with Joe Budden. Yep. And he talks about how he had to take care of his family at a very vulnerable point. And that's what sold us on having him over here. Well, that plus you did speak with a bunch of people around. I spoke to Joe. I spoke to our friend Amir, blame the label. I spoke to Jonathan Mannion at, at length. There is something to, hey, maybe, maybe there's another side to us. Maybe there's a, a deeper part to his soul. And maybe we can have a conversation that really opens that up. And... I want to salute Russ, too, for being open to the conversation that we had, because I think it's easy for him to just do the same thing that he had done time and time again. This was something new. I'm glad that we got a chance to do this, and I'm excited for all of you guys out there, whether you're new to us or whether you've listened to all of our episodes, to hear this for yourself. And before we actually get into this conversation... We've got 301 other episodes with people like Jonathan Mannion and Illmind, who both talk about Russ. Also, Joe Budden talks about Russ. We've got episodes with people you've heard of, people you haven't heard of, people you should hear of. Go to itsthereal.com or subscribe on whatever streaming platform you're currently listening on. Subscribe to our podcast. Why not? And while all of those episodes, I can happily say, sound excellent, this intro should sound even more excellent. Because the good people at photosavings.com sent us a new audio interface. And Jeff, when I tell you that this is like before the internet and after the internet, I have, I mean, you know, I haven't stopped talking about this for days now. No. It is 
the greatest thing to be able to record on different tracks, to be able to adjust the volume separately. This is like night and day. Shout out to our friends over at photosavings.com. And please send them some business because they were good to us. You should be good to them. They are dope. They sent us this in no time. And we are thrilled to be an actual podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it only took us 300 episodes. That's but we, right. We made it to a place where now you can actually listen to us and enjoy it. We are we are real boys now. Yes. Shout out to photosavings.com. Shout out to all you guys out there. Jeff, when do you want to get into this episode? Right now. All right, you cool? Yeah. You I'm cool? Ready. Yep. All right. Uh... Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Pedlin Rocks, a.k.a. The Flintstones. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. You ain't from Russia, so bitch, why you Russian, a.k.a. The GOP. <laughs> it's Russ. <laughs> <laughs> yes, your third favorite podcast, Waste Time with the Thrill. Russ, what's happening? Living the dream. This is great. This got very intense right away. Yeah. <laughs> Having like a very like basic conversation about logic versus right. Yeah, we were just talking just audio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, congratulations on your new project. Thank you. Uh, as we were just mentioning, we've had a bunch of your friends, collaborators, people you know up here recently. Yeah. Uh, most recently, we had Jonathan Mannion, who's a longtime yes. friend of ours, who told us mm-hmm. that you hit him up mm-hmm. and you were like, yo, I don't care what the label says. Yeah. I don't care like what obstacles we have. Yeah. I want to make this this collaboration happen. Yeah. What meant so much to you about what Jonathan Mannion brings to cover art, uh, whatever it is? Yeah. To get him on board to fly out to the Swiss Alps to work together. I think. I mean, for starters, his work is amazing. So, like, regardless of who you are, if I don't think your work is great, then it doesn't matter. But his work is amazing, and then he's just iconic. Like, I just wanted to be part of a Jonathan Mannion thing. Like, I wanted to be part of that. I remember going to Swiss Beats house, and he's showing me, like, pictures that he has hung up that are Jonathan Mannion photos. And I'm like, man, like, the DMX one and all these Jay-Z covers. It's like, yo, I got to get, like, something. So I was like, yo, let's just fly to the Swiss Alps and be maniacs. Had you met him before? In the club, and we were both drunk. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, it was the most random thing because, like, I didn't know if he knew who I was, and it was just like a drunk running into each other in a club in Atlanta. Like, yeah, you know how it's like, oh, yeah, we should work. Oh. But I was dead serious. I was yeah. like, no, nah, we really should. Yo, I don't know about you, but anytime we're out in a club or or in a studio, by the way, too, and the music's blasting, I can never have a, like a real like conversation At on all. the phone or in person. So yeah. I just like break out the notes app and I'm like, type something out and like hand it to the person, you know, like that's how I do <laughs> that's it. That's a good move. But you and you and John connected like that. Yeah. And what's the time difference between that first meeting and heading out to the Alps? Three weeks. That's it? That's it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, because that was in November and we were in the Alps in December, so. Oh. <laughs> Did you guys, like, travel together over there? Yeah. Did you guys talk in the plane? No, because okay. they were, were they on the same flight? Yeah, they were on the same flight, but yeah, just different, like, seating. So then you get out there. Had you been to the Swiss Alps before? No, but I've been to Switzerland a bunch of times, but okay. never the Alps. Yeah. And I was trying to find, like... We were going to go to the Dolomites, like in Italy, the mountains in Italy, but I was just trying to find mountains with snow. That's what I knew I wanted. You can find that here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I could have. We could have just gone to anywhere. Colorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like sure, yeah. I was like, nah, I just do the Swiss Alps just well, because. How much of that is about like the story behind it and like posts leading up I'm to it? I'm just also like nuts. Like I like doing things. Oh, no, I things. got that part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if I'm going to do something, I'm trying to go all the way. Like I'm just really OD like that. So I'm like, yeah, because at first we're like, oh, we could just go to like Jackson Hole, Wyoming or like, you know, Canada. But I was like. Yeah, but that's not nearly as cool of a sentence to be like, we went to the Swiss Alps. So is it exactly how you envisioned it? It was better. It was that's, way better. That's what you want. Yeah, it was better. And it was just like, like I said, I just think it's 
it's amazing to have that memory. Yeah. Like, yeah, we flew to the Swiss Alps to do a, a photo shoot. With Jonathan It felt Manning. so much more than a photo shoot, though. Like, that was the thing. Working with him, it was just so much more about, like, creating a like a vision and the whole thing i don't it was just amazing well what what were you looking to project or portray in that still image you know what i wanted because a lot of my photo shoots um are kind of not directed by me but they're not they're in a photo studio you know so you can only do so much in a photo studio and i kind of told him because i have so much respect for him and his work like yo you like you tell me what you want to do you send me inspiration like setups what you want to do like and he sent me like, oh, I want you in a suit. I want you this. Like, here's a crazy ski mask I got you. Like, he like really orchestrated the whole thing, and I was super down to just follow his lead. So it was dope. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we like to go through a person's full journey. Let's go back to the very, very beginning. Okay. Where are you originally from? I was born in New Jersey, but I was raised in Atlanta. So what? What part of New Jersey do you so live in? I w- we moved when I was a baby. So oh, got it. So not like, even. Yeah, not even. Do you think New Jersey claims you? They have, <laughs> which I love it. Yeah. I mean, my dad was born and raised in New Jersey, and my family's still all in New Jersey. So, like, I would come up here, you know, mad time. So, like, I do have connection to Jersey. Do you, you know? feel yeah. New Jersey? Um, I think people tell me. <laughs> yeah, you sort of, like, exude New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're really a douchebag. No, so, so. <laughs> no, so if people are like, what exit, you know, are you from? You're like, uh, no, I don't know, no man. Idea. You know. Nah, but I think, um, yeah, from what I've been told, what New Jersey is. <laughs> and But, like, my dad, like I said, was born and raised, big Italian family, New Jersey, so. And you guys well, yeah. moved down to Atlanta. Yeah, so we moved around a little bit. We bounced from, like, North Carolina and then Kentucky and then North Carolina again and then Georgia. Atlanta when I was 12. What did your dad do? So at first he was working um, at a bank and then that, like the bank dissolved or something happened. And then he went to go work at uh, this advertising agency, which is why we ended up moving to Atlanta. Mm. And then that didn't work out. So then he started his own thing, which didn't work out. But luckily the music, that was right when my music started to actually be making money. So then my music kind of like, the ship was sinking. I have an old song called Titanic because the ship was sinking. And then the music perfectly started making money yeah. at the right time and kind of saved it. So, but while that was happening, I mean, like, you know, yeah. you're a kid. Right. How aware were you of your family's, like, any troubles? Not that, and I'll give a lot of credit to them. It was way more fucked up than they let on, you know? They did a really good job at hiding it, but then it got to too bad of a point where they had to ask, hey, so we need money. Yeah. You know, like we're not being able, like we can't pay certain things. And that's when it got like real. Like when your dad's asking you for gas money, it's like, Jesus, like, oh, so it's bad. <laughs> you yeah. know, but so, while while you're in those, you know, not before it gets to really bad. Yeah. While you're in those years, it's yeah. like, no, this is just like how we live. Right. Yeah. You don't right. even know. No, you don't. You don't at all. And then like, yeah, then the bomb gets dropped and you're like, oh, shit. OK. Or do you come from a big family? No. So it's just me, uh, my older brother and my little sister. You're the middle child. Yes. Right on. Uh, how much older is your older brother? A year. Oh, right on. And then so, my sister's five years younger. So are you and your brother very close? Yeah. Right on. Yeah. He's my personal trainer and nutritionist, which you can't tell by my <laughs> lack of discipline for my physique. <laughs> but yeah, he is. Um, so growing up, moving around a bit, was yeah. it tough to like move it to was. a new school? It was really hard because I would, you know, I would make these friendships that... Especially North Carolina. I was in North Carolina for a while. I was like nine years type of shit. And that's I had, a significant amount. Yeah. yeah so that's like, like the I formative. had best friends, like yeah. best friends. And I remember crying when we had to move. Yeah. And we moved to Kentucky for like a year. 
which was just a really bizarre. Like when I look back at it, it's like, what the fuck were we doing in Kentucky? Like it's really bizarre. Do you forget the fact that you had living? Like it's just such a blip that you're just like, what was that? Kentucky for me feels like two days. Wow. I have like two memories. I mean, honestly, one year is a short amount of time. Yeah, no, it really is. And and like a whole bunch of weird shit happened in Kentucky that like I look back at like my dad's um, kids from his previous marriage. Like one of them was living with us for like apparently eight months. But if you ask me, I thought it was I thought she came by to visit for three seconds. But she was like apparently living with us. But I was so young. I was in second grade or first grade. Um, but then, yeah, then we moved back to North Carolina, which was like a roller coaster because I got to go like back to my friends. Yeah. And then we had to move again. I was like, Jesus Christ, this is insane. So then Wait, we are you still in touch with your father's other um, kids? Not, no, not really. No, that's a, yeah, it's a bit. That's a whole a, thing? Yeah, it's a whole thing. Gotcha. Um, so then we moved to Atlanta and I was like, man, this is insane. I remember moving to Atlanta when I was 12 and like for the first couple of weeks, you're still just like talking to your friends in North Carolina. You're not even trying to like acclimate. Right. But then after a while, you're like, nah, this isn't going to work. <laughs> Is your brother old enough, uh, older than you? Yeah. To have a big influence on your music, your style? No, because he wasn't, we were always just really close. He was only a year older, mm -hmm. you know? Um, he was born in 91, I'm 92. So it wasn't like a 10 year older brother. Sure. Um, we were figuring things out together kind of as we went. And he's also like much more introverted than I am and keeps himself like you would not think so that I'm able to do. What this. were you into at that age then? Um, sports, sports and yeah, sports and hip hop and music. But like I was just playing guitar and, you know, that whole thing and just trying to make beats. You know, I wasn't even thinking about rapping, although it's weird. Like I had a weird kind of um, journey to end up here because when I was like nine, or seven or something like that. I was writing raps in a notebook because like G Unit and Fifty Cent was huge. Yeah, and then I kind of went away from that and came back to when I was fourteen when I started making beats and then I started rapping for real at nineteen. So it was like all a little like fucking full circle situation. So um, Fifty G Unit, yes, everything is hidden. Yes, is that in your like universe because of MTV? Yeah, I remember seeing the In The Club video when like 50 yeah. comes hanging down from the, which was so epic. And I remember watching the Cleaning Out My Closet video. And yeah, those were like, there was always music in my house because my parents would like put on, you know, the Bee Gees and, and Luther Vandross and, and, you know, Mamas and Papas and like classic rock, ABBA, Kansas, and just like dance around. There was always music in the house. And for me, 50 and Eminem were surprisingly a natural segue because it was always really heavy melody. Yeah, so, so they were listening to it too, or just you? My dad is a huge Eminem fan. Wow. Like, huge. My mom is not. My mom like never really crossed over. Well, <laughs> you know, Eminem does have issues with his, uh, <laughs> yeah. his mom. She would always be like, he sounds so angry. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. um, so if you're getting all those influences, you know, from musically from your parents yeah. and, and your environment and whatever's going on, right. what are you drawn to if it's, you said you left, you know, the 50 and the M camp yeah. and all that, what would you get drawn into? Uh, then it was, then it was like Kanye was the next, was the next thing. And it was actually, it was probably Wayne before Kanye. Mm. Yeah. Little Wayne, Kanye. I didn't even get onto like Jay-Z till 18 because I just, it was too advanced. Like the content was too advanced for me. Um, and also you were, you were moving further South. 
Yeah. And so like you're probably getting drawn into like right. all of that. And I remember like in high school, so I graduated in 2010, mm-hmm. right? So like high school was the time. Those years of 06 to 2010 is when Wayne was going crazy. Oh yeah. my god. So being in high school when Lil Wayne was just dropping all these mixtapes and all these songs was nuts. Well, how yeah. did how did you get that music? Uh that piff. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Dat Piff, and I'm sure we were stealing stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Lime we were wire. stealing stuff on Dat Piff. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole thing. That is true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that is so sad. So, <laughs> I apologize. So, so, did you did you <laughs> stay? Khalifa too. Yeah, shout out to KP and everybody over at Dat Piff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Wiz Khalifa, Lil Wayne. Yeah. What did you get from all these guys? Um, at the time it was just enjoyment it wasn't i wasn't even thinking of rapping like i was just i was just listening to them but then i started making beats when i was 14 so but even but even beyond that you're somebody who later on would go to yeah. produce content and more content and more yeah. content and that did really start with wayne. wayne yeah that's what i did like once i started to do my own thing i went back and learned like man little wayne's work ethic was nuts yeah and i always remember like we had a we had a cutout of a magazine where he said like he dropped 77 songs in 2007 or something like that like i just remember being like this is insane if you do this you will blow up so i remember really modeling a lot of it of the approach that i had after like wayne's onslaught of music you did know? your friends understand your musical um ambition yeah my best friend Bugis, who's sitting over here it was like really me and him who just masterminded this whole thing you know we had it was the studio was in his mom's basement and we had cutouts of every rapper in there in the magazines and yeah we were just going hard like cutouts meaning they were just like on the wall or yeah well not like cutouts of them i mean like taking a magazine ripping out this picture and posting it on the wall and posters and like of every rapper artists we didn't even like necessarily listen to just we wanted to be surrounded by the yeah. rap game, you know, in our studio. So, because who are you but a you know a high school junior? Kid, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what exactly is in that studio? Um, t- two speakers, a computer, and a mic and an interface. That was it. And you're making beats off of uh, my laptop, the keyboard, the home row keys. I still do that. Yeah, yeah. On Logic, everything is on Logic. Because that's what you're used to? That's what I'm used to. I yeah. started on GarageBand. So, like, the natural, even looking at this, yeah, that's yeah. I was like, it looks like Logic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The natural next step was to move to Logic. And so I just stayed there. I think comfortability is just kind of what it's all about. There's no one program better or whatever. For sure. Yeah. Were there other kids who were doing production in your high school? No. Looking back now, there was one other kid who I was, like, really close with at the time who was using Fruity Loops. Yeah. And making beats. And that's also what really helped me start making beats was that I had a friend who lived in my neighborhood who I was really close to also making beats, also super musical. So we used to make these terrible beats and just think <laughs> that they were amazing. And like go down to the neighborhood park and like parade them around like they were like Kanye West beats. And yeah, did you sit in your car and just turn the volume all the yes, way up? Yeah, I thought they were the greatest beats. Like who is this world. guy? I know, yeah. like, this is the hardest shit ever. Y'all don't know anything. Well, who were you modeling your stuff after? Um, it was really Dre influenced. Dr. Dre and like Storch are why I started making beats musically. So all of it was very like piano, piano, piano and strings. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but like my skill level of that at fourteen. Where'd so you get trash. your Where'd you get your drums from? Uh, my drums. I would at first I was using the stock drums because they yeah. were terrible. Um, but then I would just be on the internet downloading drum kits. Yeah, yeah. Like downloading the Scott Storch drum kit, which probably was not a Scott Storch drum kit. <laughs> this is before Splice, like so yeah. nothing was official. It just yeah. they called it Scott Storch drum kit. <laughs> so like if I still if I pull up my old laptop, like you'll see I have 
the Pharrell drum kit, the oh, one yeah. of the Alchemist, the Dre, that like everyone's unofficial drum kit. <laughs> I was downloading drums for like ten years. It was insane. <laughs> so you're recording, uh, you're producing, yeah. you're doing all that stuff in that basement. Yeah. Did you go out and perform? Uh, yeah, we would do. So I wasn't even rapping yet. I was really just producing for Boogus. So right. Yeah, we would go do like Boogus would do. You know these open mic type of things, or we would go to uh, colleges around and perform at colleges and. Clemson, Ole Miss, or we would be in the basement of a frat house in UGA way too many times, <laughs> just performing for a bunch of drunk kids that don't care what's going on. Don't know your music. Don't yeah. know the music. Like, don't care, but we're performing like it's the Rose Bowl. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like so intense, but it was awesome. Were those Scott Storch drums hitting? Yeah, they were. Yeah. <laughs> At that time, they were hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wait, so the, was where was your actual first show? My first show as like Russ, the headline artist, yeah. was um, Tumwater, Washington, right? Or was it Kennesaw, technically? How'd you get out there? Yeah, I wouldn't even really count that, but shout out to Kennesaw. I went to Kennesaw State for like two weeks. Right. And we, I performed there for like four kids. <laughs> but I don't really. But so Tumwater, Washington. Yeah. Was, Have was, you seen any of those four kids ever since? <laughs> One of like one of the kids, I think actually a couple of them um, are such diehard fans. It was like he had the tattoo already, like, and he's still a huge fan. His name's Nick Everett, and like we refer to like certain diehard fans as just, oh yeah, that's another Nick Everett. Like wow. he's like a like that's a, awesome. Yeah, he's an archetype. Yeah, yeah. like he's become right. like yeah, yeah he's become yeah. like the one. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, are you Nick Everett though? Yeah. But you know, so <laughs> we've had shows. Uh, yeah, Tumwater was the first show. We've had shows where you know it's sold out, and it's like all right, six hundred people max could have been there, right? Right. We know the ticket sales, all that stuff. Yeah, and it's still like thousands of people who were like, oh, I was at that show that you guys did. Right. It was just like, it's like Woodstock, you know? It's just yeah. like everybody was there, right? Well, you know what I find funny is like I'll do a show for like back in the day where it's you know 300 kids sold out and like fans hit me up like man i remember when you came in there was 10 people <laughs> i'm like bro there was not 10 it was sold yeah, out were, there, there was yeah. three people and all of them were so did you ever consider another rap name rather than your real name when i was producing i was dj ripley because it was like believe, believe it or not, not. Yeah. yeah sure yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean it you were 14 great. it's fine yeah. yeah i was like 17 did so you <laughs> did you not as great yeah then forget <laughs> it did your parents fuck with the music my yeah, they really encouraged it. Yeah. My dad's a huge music head, so that's my awesome. mom. So yeah, they were really supportive of it. They just didn't want us cursing. Yeah. Did and you? How how long did you abide by that? The not cursing thing. Yeah. We never abided by that. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. <laughs> so, would you would you just like edit it for your parents like live? Just like turn it down like whenever you curse. No, they yeah they didn't really care that much. They just wanted it like my dad had a conversation with me and Boogies one time at a dinner, um, and was like you know. You have to romance the audience. Like my dad is just—he's a lot. He just—he just, <laughs> knows everything. Yeah. If you, according to him. Yeah. But he's um, from New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. He was like, you have to romance. Like you don't want to just, you know, just get right to fucking. Da -da -da -da. You gotta like, you know, ease it in or whatever. I don't know. It was like a weird conversation. <laughs> but. <laughs> but like, I feel like I'm learning but, a lot. Yeah. It's like yeah. the birds and the beats. <laughs> yeah. But he was like talking about you don't want to just you guys come out the gate just saying fuck this shit. And he's like, you know, if you look at a salad bowl, you don't want to just 
call it a salad bowl every time. Maybe you want to call it something else or get creative. I don't know. He right, still attributes, wanna, you, he attributes all of my metaphors and success of my lyricism to that conversation. Oh, sure. If sure. you ask him, he's like, it all changed when well, I had that conversation. For the you don't record, want to say fuck the police. You want to make love to the police. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I don't, yeah, By the way, like shout out to your dad who he's really awesome. set everything off for you. Yeah, so. I get like, it's funny. I get my charisma and like personality from my dad for sure. Like, it's so funny how opposite him and my mom are. My mom is very introverted. Like your like, brother? Yeah, like my brother. And, you know, they love, I love books too, but they were always really just big readers and they mm -hmm. like staying in the house and they don't like going out like that. Da, 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 da. And then my dad is the life of the party, walking around, dancing, talking shit, making jokes. So, you know, I have introverted aspects of me. Sometimes I want to just stay in and whatever. But yeah, like my mom can never be on a stage. <laughs> yeah. She'd, like crumble, you know? <laughs> well, did you ever like feel nervous going out on stage? I or used to like be doing really, really nervous. I had really bad stage fright when the shows were not our fans, when we were just like... When you were the opener for... Yeah, and I didn't have any songs out. This is when it was just Boogus and I would be on some song singing a hook or something. So Boogus would be opening for someone... And so none of the people there are to see right. anyone. And then I'd be just on stage having to like rap my part or whatever. And it was like nerve wracking because I was like, I don't, I didn't have the confidence of my shit yet because number one, I was new to performing. I don't know what the rules were and I didn't have my own music out. I didn't have fans. So yeah, I, would, I just used to get super drunk, which I ended up watching back and being like, well, you know what? As scared as I am, this sounds like dog shit. And that's what I care about the most, so yeah. I should stop doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the first time that people in the crowd hit you with your own lyrics right back? It was probably... It Nick was, Everett. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely Nick Everett's situation. Um, yeah. Oh, you know what? Does, do those Atlanta shows count as my first shows? But that wasn't my show. That was like diamond all the shows. Yeah, so the first time was, it was probably these weird little like Atlanta showcases we would do. We would go like book out the masquerade in Atlanta, like scrounge together $500 or $1,000, get people to help us throw it, throw in money and do shows. Like that was cool. There'd be 10 people there, but they all knew the words, which was like, that was cool. But the first like proper show where there was like 200 kids that all knew the words was in Belgium, actually, 2014. Wow. So bizarre. Belgium? Yeah. yeah how'd you Ant get out Antwerp, there? Antwerp, Belgium. So the craziest thing with this, this is when I was on Facebook, like regular Facebook, and a kid, this, this uh, kid named Saber, had sent me a message. He was this artist from Belgium, and he was just like, I love your stuff. I'm an artist too. And this is like, you know, I had a Facebook. Like, there was no Instagram, like Twitter. This is your personal Facebook. Personal Facebook. Like, and he just sent me a message, and he was an artist, and I listened to his song. I have no idea what he's saying, because he's rapping in Flemish. <laughs> I was just like, this sounds awesome, though. So yeah, let's do a song. And I did a song with him. He's from Antwerp, and it went huge for like, uh, as far as scaling, <laughs> it yeah. went huge. But it was two hundred kids. But that was the inception of my Belgium fan base. Um, so then his manager set up a show for me out there, and it was it was really dope. It was sold out. It was my first show, first time ever leaving the country, first show out of the country, and it was sold out. Like, did you get on that flight being like, what? I is didn't know. This? Yeah, I didn't know what the fuck was going on, and I definitely didn't assume it was going to be sold out. You went with some other people, though, yeah, right? Yeah, me, Boogus, and yeah. A couple okay, of yeah. Because yeah. imagine you go over there by yourself, and you're like, I, I don't no, know. yeah, I was like, it was culture shock and just sensory overload because I'd never left the country before. And then the fact, like, we pull up to the venue, and I'm like, like, I don't even, is anyone coming? Like, and I remember asking the promoter. There's still a video of it on my Instagram of me asking the promoter, like, is it sold out? And he's like, yep, first time in Belgium, sold out, da da da, -da. And it was crazy as shit. 
Man, those 300 kids or 250 felt like 2,000. Yeah, nuts. I bet. Yeah, it was nuts. Um, I want to talk about the first time you were on MTV, okay. which was through Rob Markman. Yes. But, um, and that was on the... the, the rap Facts, rap get Facts. in the game. Yeah. 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 So, but that was a Boogus thing, right? So, yeah, the first time was Boogus was on Get in the Game, and uh, we were talking to Trina and Sway. Or no, Trina... No, it was just Trina and Rob Markman. Or was it Trina and Sway? Trina and Sway. Um, and then the second time was just uh, Rob Markman and uh, Juicy J, I believe. Wow. On my rap fix, yeah. So first of all, like, how does, like, I'm assuming that you reached out to every single blog. I'm yeah. assuming, like, you seem like that type well, of kid. Boogus harassed Rob Markman on Twitter about um, 2K. What, <laughs> well, reading him in 2K. Really? That's what, literally how we got What did? And this might be a better question for Boogus, but, like, what, yeah. what was Boogus saying to Rob Markman about 2K? What were you, you were just saying you could beat him and he's trash. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the way, fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just repeatedly. And yeah. then like, and then he was like, oh, I do music, whatever. And then Rob checked out the music and fucked with it. And that's how Boogus got on the Get In The Game segment. Uh, but you for, were like also there. I was also there, yeah, because I produced the song that was on. Um, and at that time, I was producing everything Boogus was doing. So it was a very like, you know, we're hanging out all the time. So yeah, we did the Get In The Game segment yeah. together. But what I noticed yeah. about that clip was that like, Yes, Boogus had a presence, but like that you definitely, yeah. like the camera was there and you, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so, I remember telling Trina that she looks good and I couldn't see Trina because I was just like <laughs> nervous babbling about something stupid. <laughs> like, shut up, bro. You can't see me. I know you don't know if I look good or not. But, um, you know, what? tell me about coming from behind the scenes. Yeah, the transition. Yeah. Um, it. I attribute that to Boogus as well. Uh it was one night in the studio in Boogus's house, and I remember I was just doing like a hook or something, which I would like not frequently do, but there was times I would just do a hook or a verse or whatever. And I remember turning around to Boogus, I was in the like booth, which was really just underneath the staircase, um, and I was like, "Yo, should I start rapping?" And Boogus instantly was just like, "Hell yeah, do that shit!" And that was it. That was like the that was the conversation. That was it. That was the turn. Okay. And I instantly started doing it. That was 2011. At the end of high school, yeah, and okay, we know that you went on to go to college for a couple weeks. Yeah, well, it's semester and a half. But but oh, oh, yeah, we all know that like timing it doesn't work with you. Yeah, exactly. So, like, <laughs> yeah. like Kentucky was two days, but it was actually eight months. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. So you were there for a short amount of time. Sure. What were you looking to get out of college when you graduated high school? I think I was just doing college because it was the like I was going through the motions. It was just what you do. Yeah. You know, like the first time I saw the school I went to was on moving day. Like, I didn't give a shit. I went, you just applied and yeah, got Did you apply to anywhere else? Yeah, I applied to uh, the school, Georgia State, which is in Atlanta, which I actually really wanted to go to. Um, but I wanted to be, like, in the music program. And they said, you can't audition if you don't know how to read music, which I didn't and I don't. So I was like, all right, well, fuck. And I probably, like, not that I should have still gone there, but um, my like one of my good friends at the time was going to Valdosta State. And I was just like, where's that? Like South, South Georgia, like damn near Florida. And I was just like, eh, whatever. Like I can get in there because it was a way easier school to get into. So I was like, fuck it. So I got in there and just we roomed together and that was that. <laughs> so you didn't have like necessarily like a game I didn't plan? have, no, I didn't. I was just, at that time, Boogus was, we had just put out the Boogus's first like project, the Boogus demo that I produced the whole thing on. And we were like, you know, I was passing it around at school. I was just like focused on producing. Yeah. That's it. But also in that dorm room is when I started 
to fuck around with my own songs. I didn't have a mic. I would just use the mic on the laptop Man. and just sit there and make the worst songs. <laughs> oh my God, bro. I have a playlist on my computer yeah. that's just like 10 dorm room songs that are the worst songs and worst recordings. How often do you go back and listen to them? I usually never, but I went back very recently. And I was like, you know what? Like, this is so bad, but you couldn't even tell me that back then. Like, I thought they were so great. And it's like, it's weird to have that confidence. But do you see the, like... I saw the potential. Like, yeah. my my vocal delivery was trash. My mm -hmm. voice sounded stupid. But the melodies I was doing in the songwriting was there. Like, you could tell I knew how to write a song. Yeah. I, my execution was just terrible. Yeah. But, like, I definitely could write a song. I had an understanding of melodies and bring this one back for sure. Man, I, when I, I applied to film school yeah. at Syracuse, right? Uh -huh. And when I got in, you know, it was because of a 30-minute a, a movie that I had made or whatever. Fire. Yeah. But like you, it's like you look back at it, it's just like, well, it wasn't that good, but you do right. see the seeds. But I'm always impressed by the people who can see the, the little thing yeah. and imagine what it can turn into. Yeah. That's like that delusional level of self-belief and confidence is really what propelled me forward. Because when I look like I always tell this to myself and I, I put it in my book, too. Like if that 17 year old kid with those songs came up to the 27 year old me now and was like, yo, what do you think? I would be like in my head, I'd be like, there's no way this is going to work. Like, you're so bad. <laughs> like, I don't see this working for you at all. But then I say that the 17-year-old me would have never even asked the 27-year-old because he thought he was the shit. So right. maybe the key is for that 17-year-old to just bug the fuck out of you about yeah. 2K on Twitter. No, you know what? <laughs> this, the key is that the 17-year-old me was perfectly in the right headspace because I didn't need or want the 27-year-old me's opinion. Because if I would have been looking for that and 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 I would have told myself, no, that's whack, then maybe I would have stopped. Right. Because if you're already looking for like validation, it means that you're, you know, you could probably be swayed one way or another. But you were looking for validation. I was, but I think I was more so looking for my own validation first. Like, right. As long as I thought like, it was hard, when you're I was hitting, like, cool. When you're hitting up like, you know, the two dope boys and wherever else. Yes, yes. Like, so I was look I was looking for yeah, for sure. I was looking for media validation of Really just promoting it. I just wanted visibility, but I wasn't looking for like, I'd, I'd have writers hit me back that said, no, I don't like the hi-hats or something. Like I thought all of them were insanely wrong. Yeah. I was like, no, like this is not what, we're not discussing if my music is good or not. It's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. But it was not, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That wasn't even like what I was, I was just like posted. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like dude, we're not talking about the music. But it's funny, when we, when we speak to kids at, different like levels of school like it could be college it could be high school we've talked to fifth graders about this it's about changing like your perception of what success is as well yes you know sure. because at that age you're like well if i get on a blog that's what's meaningful oh my god when we got on two dope boys we went nuts right <laughs> but if you look at back at it now you're like oh i didn't need that validation right you're like i just needed to be sure of myself 100 and there is that thing too with and we talk about this a lot like steve jobs didn't go out and like beta test his things he wasn't like oh, well, what do you guys want? It was, you guys need an iPod. Right. And I'm going to create that. That's that's kind of like, if you go back, funny enough, when I was going back and listening to those dorm room songs, I was finding like all these old emails that I would send to all these writers and the subject lines were insane. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like what? They were just like... Open this up or I'll kill you? Like, like the future is inside. Don't fuck up. Yeah, like, oh just God. insane. Yeah. I would delete that yeah, so quick. Yeah. yeah, just like insane shit where I'm like, obviously they didn't open this, bro. Like, you sound like an <laughs> asshole. Like, what are you doing? But it's like, it was that same kind of thing where I felt like it was such a guarantee that I had 
good enough music, then like y'all are just all sleeping, y'all are all wrong. Did it? I mean, a lot of it, I guess I was right because they ended up coming around. But yeah, my approach was rough. Did you? Do you ever? Back then, did you ever question? Like what? What was taking so long, or any of that? Like was it? Yeah. Like, but one, like of the, in, one of the one of the corny though. dorm room songs is called "Way Too Long," mm-hmm. and it was literally saying, "This is taking way too long." Yeah. yeah. And I I remember listening back to that one like a week or two weeks ago, and I'm like, "This kid had no fucking clue." Like you thought it was taking way too long. Yeah. In 2010. Right? Yeah. Like I didn't get any sort of anything till like end of 2015, 2016, and I think that if that kid would have known that it was gonna take five or six more years, I don't know. Right. If he would have kept going. Oh my god. I kept going because I thought it was tomorrow. Yeah. I thought I like I thought like any day now Kanye's gonna call me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's not even how it works. But you're I'm talking about questioning like the things that you're doing as opposed to the process itself. No, I always how... had this crazy that's the thing. I had this insane delusional confidence in myself that everything I was doing was right. Mm-hmm. My songs were right. My verses were perfect. Every word I picked was perfect. The beat, the everything, the approach. I had like a, I had an ex, I was an asshole. Like I still have the qualities, but it's like I had an explanation for everything I was doing. Yeah. I could justify everything. This is why I sent that subject line. This is why I hit you up on Twitter like this. I did it. You know, I thought everything I was doing was right. Did yeah. you have any way to make income outside of your music at that point? I was working at, uh, I worked at Off Broadway Shoe Warehouse. I worked as a busboy at a couple different places. But were you the best busboy? No. <laughs> no. No. But see, like, I didn't even take pride in that. Yeah, yeah. right. So I didn't give a shit. So you, no, because you were like, this is all temporary. Like, I'm yeah. going to make it doing this thing. Right. Like, I was just doing that to just, like, appease my parents and put some money in my pocket. Yeah. yeah. And also in their pockets. Yeah. Well, no. They, oh, no. no, at that time, they were good. Mm-hmm. So at that time, they were good. It was not really until I was about... Um, 22 around 22 that it got fucked up but it was fucked up for like a year or two until i found out yeah you know do you ever have that point around that age where your friends are i don't know getting like a a job where they got to dress up and they got to go in and work a nine to five or whatever and are you like man they don't they don't see the work that i put in they don't hear what i'm doing and see the seeds of potential yeah and like do I have to acclimate and fall into line? Sure. Yeah. You know what happened was I cut off everyone. Like once um once I left school, which was top of 2011. So like it was my second semester of freshman year. Um it was just me and Bugis in the in his basement and like I just cut off everyone just because I knew so wholeheartedly what I wanted to do and I was so focused on it and so driven that like if you were not part of that, then I'm not talking to you, I'm not hanging out with you like deleted my Facebook. Like I just, I didn't even give a fuck what anyone else was doing. I really didn't. I was so, I was in the chip in your shoulder was so big. And and I had to prove to myself that I was doing the right thing. So I was just so, I was really locked in, like really lasered in on just going to Boogie's every day, making songs every day. Did it like, I was just locked in. What's crazy is I have so many questions for Boogie's right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's like, that's a really like, you know, important part of my journey yeah. is that we did this together That's and and together till today as till well today. he's on the new album 100%. like yeah. love that 100 percent. yeah i mean it's like boogus put me on to the books that really shaped uh my whole like mental artillery which like, were uh the magic ladder to success which is napoleon hill and uh seven spiritual laws deepak chopra but that so self-help books yeah but that yeah. napoleon hill book really like and I'm sure Boos would agree, really 
like changed our lives at 17, 18. And we were the type of people who once we believe it, we really, really believe it and we really apply it. And like I'm sold, I'm bought in. And so we were living by that book. That was like a Bible. For yeah. Us. So, yeah. So you create albums or mixtapes or yeah. projects, right? Yeah. Yeah. What was it about them that tied everything together? Or was it just really your 10 best songs? That's really what it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was really just, and it's still to this day, I still just call my album titles based off of the time period. I don't really. You're just like Adele. <laughs> is that Adele? Well, yeah. Adele, Adele. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's so easy, too. That's such a great, what a good idea. Yeah, but Adele's then she stopped amazing. doing it. Well. Did she? What was her last album called? Her 25? age. <laughs> and then now she's like doing, she said she's going to she come off of that. Oh, really? She needs to drop an album called 30 or yeah. 30 or whatever she is. Now. Yeah. Do you remember when, when uh, 808s and Heartbreak came out? It was like, what yes. the fuck like happened? No, but it was like, we had this whole pattern here. Like, you right. know, and everything was going in order. Yeah. Yeah. That was amazing, though. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, even to this day, mine are always just time periods. I don't really do the like concept albums in the sense of like, I'm trying to tell y'all a story. Like the story I'm trying to tell is really just, I'm trying to just make real life music about my life and hope that it, you know, you're probably going through it too and hope that works. I'm sure at some point I'll stop talking about myself, but until then I'll be soft. I mean, it's an interview. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, 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 I'm not No, while we're here, yeah, yeah. I'm going to talk about myself. Um, yeah. Okay. Like, we can talk about Adele for another hour, but like, you know, I don't know. So down. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's the, what's the, the point where you're just like, this is more than just, you know, me putting in the work. I'm a professional now. Is it the Belgium trip or is it something before that? I don't that? Even know if I feel like that now. I don't know. I really? Just, I feel like I've been 17 for 10 years, which is probably a bad thing. Well, I probably need therapy. Just, just, <laughs> it's like a suspended adolescence yeah, it, because I've just been living such a like fantasy make-believe life. I never really, I hardly did societal normal things. The most normal thing I did was just go to college. Right. But then once I was done with that, I was living a very irregular life. Well, also, I mean, you like know? when you're so driven, then yeah. you don't really have hobbies outside of that. That Like my hobby was music. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me ask that. Yeah. You, you own a home. Yeah. You have, you know, a record contract. Yeah, no, on paper it's there are professional very, like, things, adult, adult stuff. Yeah, weird. yeah, but but it I doesn't it doesn't feel like that. No, because I just you're not I like think, that's my pool. No, like I try to that's like my that's, staircase. That's or... the thing is like when I walk around my house, sometimes I try to say that out loud to make mm -hmm. it like hit more, and it might hit for like a, I'm like wow this is crazy look at my pool, but I'm like okay. I think what it is too is that I have all the same people around me. Right. So it never felt like. Man, I remember back then kicking it with that. Like, ten years ago, I was hanging out with the people in this room. <laughs> yeah, but then, but then that shows the growth together. Yeah, I think that's the same sort of thing. Yeah. When, uh, and this is like skipping far ahead, and we'll come back. But like when Joe Budden came over. Yeah. How did you show him around your house? Uh, I just took him on a tour of the. I didn't show him my bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I mean, it's not the cribs. Like this is where the magic <laughs> yeah. happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, yeah, no. I walked. My pool wasn't done yet. My backyard wasn't done yet. But Eric, listen to this guy talking about his pool. I know. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> so much pool talk. I know. Yeah. I wish it was done. Cause it's really great. But, but um, yeah. I just showed him like the basement and you know the studio. I have a salt cave, like a movie theater. I don't know. That's dope. Around. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really sick. It's really sick. But it also just feels like. I don't know. I think because I'm so not used to it that it sometimes feels like a hotel, mm -hmm. like you're staying there. Does this the mean that there's another level to what adulthood means that, that you feel you haven't hit yet? I feel like I haven't. And I feel like it's starting to happen this year. Like I've I've just started like forgiving myself for past things and past approaches. And I'm starting to like try and, 
you guys, you, you realize like when you get older and you start noticing certain qualities in yourself that were in your parents that you didn't like about your parents. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, I'm doing the same shit. And so I'm starting to like self-reflect like that, like my short temper and, you know, my quick to just shit on people and snap and fucking be abrasive. Like, that's all my dad. My dad gave me all great qualities too, but, you know, certain things like, I don't know, I've just been doing a lot of self-reflecting. So I don't know what's next, but I definitely... I don't know. I definitely feel like it's something. So, like, know. last night when we went to your listening, uh, you opened it up by saying that you were in a really good space. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Because you're now in this self-reflective yeah. sort of zone. And, and it's the self-forgiveness thing. It's like, yeah. I forgive myself for getting into a bad space. I forgive myself for, like, I just forgive myself. So, like, yeah, I'm in a great place. When And not to, like, delve too much into it because I think you're in a different place than you were. But, like, when you were saying a lot of things that got a lot of headlines. Yeah. Would you ruminate on that, like when when the um, reaction would come in and yeah. it would be like a very negative thing? Would you would you be like, oh man, I should have approached that in a different way, or was it just like, no, like I believe what I said? Yeah, no, I always believed what I said. I didn't I didn't like how people would twist the things and like misinterpret. I'm like, man, y'all don't like that's not what I meant, you know. But that's the thing. I forgive myself and I forgive others for like, you know, maybe I could have said things differently or whatever. I get it, you know, but. It is what it is. I yeah. think that at the end of the day, if you, like, in 10 years, when you look back at all the crazy things I've said or whatever, it's like, like you know, he was on the right side of the fence, probably. Like, he probably said it in a harsh way. But, you know, if you look at the meat of the message, it's kind of spot on, I think. What is the point where you felt like things were really going very well? And you're before you got signed. Yeah. Where you're just like, man, like, yeah, this I can feel the momentum. It was, it was the end of 2015 going into 2016 because that's when my TuneCore went from like I watched it go from yeah. $600 in June of 2015 in that month to like 1200 the next month 2004 and then December it made 8k or or 4k or something and then January 2016 it was 16k and then the next month it was 40k and it's 75 What do you I'm attribute like, that to? Christ. Yeah. It was the onslaught of music. So what it was is I had this huge catalog out um but nothing had popped off yet but a huge catalog so once i had like losing control and what they want pop off those songs basically put everyone else onto the catalog yeah and everything started making money so that was it It was just the snowball i just you as an artist you need songs to put the world onto the rest of your catalog right yeah right yo how blessed are you to be in this time where streaming is there and people can just like go down the page yeah yeah and find your catalog instead of having to go to coconuts or sam goody or whatever (laughs) and be like but like legitimately you could have a song from like three years ago four years ago that someone is like oh i fuck with that and i can sync this to a song and that could just rock it up the charts and you're like oh i didn't even think that that was the the one i mean like you look at lizzo right like lizzo's example Yeah. yeah Or even, even like LMA. That's Losing Control, too, because Losing Control came out 2015 and didn't get a plaque until 2017. Like, 2017 is when it got taken to radio yeah, and shit like that. So it's it's nuts. Streaming is, is beautiful. I think what's going to end up happening, they're going to keep changing the rates. Yeah, And I sure. know it's not going to be retroactive, so I'm just going to get pissed. Like, <laughs> okay, well, can you cut me a check for all this? <laughs> are, you, are you ever surprised when people are just like, yo, I really fuck with that song, and you're like, uh... Yeah, it's funny. Like as a, as an artist, sometimes you almost get insulted. <laughs> when yeah, people I, are like, "Yo, my favorite song," and they'll name like my first mixtape ever at nineteen. I'm like, 
I fucking hate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you're also like, you're amazing. Yeah, yeah. But also yeah. like that person's going through something now. Yeah. And then really, like later they can, might like identify with other stuff that you 100%. put out. You know? Yeah. I think music is like as far as enjoying it, it's very reflective. Like your favorite song is very reflective of where you're at. You know, like my favorite Drake album is is largely due to where I was when I was listening to yeah, it. Yeah. Same with like my favorite J. Cole album is the warm up. But that's because I was not only do I think it's musically the best, but I was 17. Yeah. I was just starting to like really try and figure out what I wanted to do. And, you know, it was, it just came at a perfect time. You know? It also works for like SNL casts. Yeah. Your favorite SNL cast is like when you were 13 or 15 or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's well, interesting. What's everything what's... I say is interesting. Yeah. We have that in common. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Start talking about your pool, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> now. What is, it's very small and dirty. <laughs> not saying this new album. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite Russ album or project? Not saying this new one. Um, uh, there's really a wolf. Why? Because it was just like all of the best songs on my computer on one album. There was no, it was a playlist, you know? It wasn't like, there was no story, there was really no story or cohesiveness. It was just like, put the hardest songs on your computer on the album. And that was cool. Like, I'm glad, like, I wanted to do that for the first album and prove that I could do everything myself and it be successful and get a plaque and all the, you know, whatever. But now moving forward, it's like, nah, I'm really focused on trying to make the best album. If that means I got to go work with this guy and da 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 da, I'm down. Yeah. So, Columbia Records comes into your life how? Um, so, 2016, the songs, like, Losing Control and What They Want specifically start going nuts. Um, Where were they going nuts? Uh, where if my opinion what they want started going nuts because it was getting posted in the background of all these sports highlights on Instagram that's why I kept seeing it I kept noticing like this is insane what they want went crazy first before losing control Um, and then I put out the video and the video did really well on YouTube and then I put like shortly after I put out the video for what they want I put out the video for losing control and then that went started to go crazy so then but like, wait, what's crazy for you at that time because like you know at a certain point it was like 200 views means a lot to yeah you. i think a million views that's a little like, bit more than 200 yeah, yeah it was <laughs> like it's like oh shit this is nuts yeah you know um and at that time uh i was doing like south by southwest mm-hmm. and you know like different industry people are starting to call like that's when i around the time i met my manager and yep. then he's to milan yeah, yep yep and he's introducing me to kara lewis yep and then you know did you, you did you, you know were, anything about Kara by the way? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I made him get me Kara Lewis. <laughs> well, what did you know about Kara? Before? I just knew she was the goat. She See, that's that's cool too. That's the same thing with like John, right? Where it's just like, no, I want to work with the best people. So yeah. let me go for this legend and this legend and right. this legend and yeah, hundred percent. So yeah. then I got with Kara, and then she got me with my international booking agent. So the first tour I ever actually went on was in 2016, uh, like April May, um, called the Manifest Tour, and it was a Europe tour. And so that was cool because I had never like toured before, and the first one was international. Um, yeah, like I've been to Belgium; it's old hat. It's like right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Belgium was the biggest show on that tour by like a landslide because you had that, you know, that right. audience so there. Yeah, I Shots remember, to Nick Everett. Yeah, right. So I remember <laughs> the, the Belgium, <laughs> the Belgium show on that tour. Columbia's people flew out. Wow, to see it. And then the London show on that tour, uh, RCA's people flew out to see it. So I was like, wait, okay, they flew. To in, they, they flew all the yeah. way over there? To come see the show. And wow. you, did you know that? Yeah. Did you put on a better show because of it? I don't remember. I don't <laughs> remember. I hope I did. <laughs> did I you guess feel, I did. Did you yeah, feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. more was on the line because they were there? Uh, 
I'm trying to remember my headspace. I think I was just gassed that I was doing shows. I was like, I don't really give a fuck who y'all are. Okay. Yeah. So because I was actually very anti-label. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm gonna say because yeah. like you're making all that TuneCore money. Yeah. So I kind of you don't have to pay anybody. Right. So I was like, I was very anti-label. I didn't really give a fuck what they were talking about. I remember getting phone calls from labels and. Columbia when I was up in New York doing stuff and I'm just like on the phone like not listening at all because I was just like I don't have any interest in fucking with the label yeah also but how old were you 23 23 yeah yeah prime not giving a fuck time prime yeah. asshole yeah. perfect perfect right amount of everything yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 um so that was happening and then I started looking around at like the rap game and like you know people I looked up to and I was like man Especially the radio. I was like, everyone on the radio is with a label. Hmm. It's like, I think I have to level the playing field. Yeah. So that's really, that was the whole thing. Like, I was the well, why, why the did radio. radio matter to you? Because I felt like, especially at that time too, like Apple Music wasn't even, I think it had just come out. It wasn't yeah. a thing. Spotify playlisting wasn't even a thing. So radio still really moved the needle and it still does. But like, you know, I just, in my head, the perception of it, mm -hmm. of like, oh, you're on the radio that's what makes it real, you yeah. know? And so I wanted to, I just wanted to make sure that what every other artist had, I had to, you know, I had the machine behind me and whatever. So, um, yeah, after, you know, I got back from that tour, then I did like a six city US tour in the summertime. Did Columbia come to that? Um, yeah, they were at the uh, Billings, Montana show. Wow. The very first show. So weird. I know, yeah. yeah. They'll go, they'll My go to like is very scattered. Yeah. yeah no, and but, they're down to go in. No, no but, but they're all Columbia to, execs yeah. and they all go to, you know, <laughs> like weird cities. Yeah. It is bizarre when you think about it. Yeah. So, like they could just although, go to New York. Ma yeah. Maybe they'd be like, well, New York is so easy, you know, because yeah. people are going to come out. Maybe they're right. like, who's going to go to Billings, Montana? Were they at the. We didn't do a New York show on that run, do we? That's crazy. I went we're to your New York show. I mean, Sarah Mary Cunningham brought so me to So you were one. already signed. Yeah, you were already yeah. signed. At like Webster Hall? No, I don't remember where it was. Maybe it was it was like... The like double decker? No, because it was like low ceiling. I don't remember so maybe it was, Oh, it's Webster Hall. It had yeah. to be Webster. Yeah. Downstairs. Downstairs. Yeah. Like yeah. the Marlin Room or something. Yeah. 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 But I remember like, I didn't know any of your music. Yeah. But I was just like, wow, like what a devoted fan base. Yeah. They, yeah. They're the best. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like... Still, it's one of those things that, especially now with the hate, it makes them want to be so much more like, well, fuck y'all for real then. We really love them, you know? Um, but yeah, so like June or July of 2016, it's on my Instagram somewhere, but I just, when I partnered with Columbia. Were you afraid of what a partnership with a big building would mean? Um, that it would change anything that you yeah, built on your no, own? Because was that it was, something that you, like, as soon as it happened, you told people? Or did you, like, keep it on the low no, for a little as while? as soon as it happened. I posted the video that day. Oh, yeah. You were definitely looking for that, except, like, yeah. that, that validation <laughs> like, of just, Because like, that was a real thing to me. That, like, yeah. helped make it real. Yeah. Like, oh, you got a deal. Yeah. You know? Um, and I was proud of it. It was a fucking multi-million dollar deal. Like, yeah. I became a millionaire, like... You know, all and and not to mention, aside from the money, but like you are on the level of your heroes now. Yeah, and right. I'm so one like, of you. We're in this yeah. exclusive yeah. club. I'm in the built like in the label with you know Beyonce's here and Adele and yeah. Bob Dylan and Pharrell. So you know it was sick. Um, Did that change you at all? Uh, no, it didn't change the music. It didn't really. Uh, no, I mean like you, you like did that like probably getting that thing that you wanted. Yeah, and like you've now reached this thing. Yeah. I think, I mean, it must have. It had to. I'm just trying to think now. How did it? Were you were you afraid of like you know putting that first project out? No, I was really excited. 
I was really excited because I felt like, okay, finally now it's time to like really do the real thing, which is the album. The whole me putting out a song every week was a means to an end. It was like, I'm doing this so that I can put out an album. Yeah, so I don't so, have to do this anymore. <laughs> right, so I was like, I was excited to get to that point. Um, Yo, yeah, we- and then I knew musically nothing was going to change because the conversations that I have with all the labels, like y'all are walking into an already fully functioning thing. Like I have right. a booking agent. I'm already doing shows. You have a boogus. Yeah. Right. <laughs> y'all don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a huge element also like in fucking April of 2016 or March, Kylie Jenner was posted. Yeah. She music. had your song in the background. Yeah. And, like yeah. losing control. And she posted, pull the trigger. And who, who, who was the friend or person who I, was just like, yo, at that time, tune in at that time. I didn't know. I was like, I was as shocked as everyone else was. I was like, no, no, what? I'm saying who told you, who oh, was like, who, who told you? Me? Yeah. Like, yo, check Kylie shit. I think the fans were tagging me. I was getting tagged in my Instagram. You're like, what is this? I'm like, there's no way. Like, and at that time, it was Snapchat. Like, yeah. She was, oh, yeah. yeah. She was showing love on Snapchat, which I put in a song. <laughs> but, that's, um, but that's crazy. Yeah. And that was like, you know, they used to do... I remember Genius did like a article back then on like song she A&R'd. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like Location by Khalid was one of them that she yeah. posted around the same time as Losing Control. Um, so that made a huge difference. Yeah. I mean, it, and it, we do live in that age now where like lebron's like social media can yeah. launch someone especially or- when you're really small because like kylie was playing nighttime the other week which is still fucking insane i'm still gonna get geeked over because it's fire you're kylie jenner yeah um but it have th- you met her yet no but it doesn't i don't think it moves the needle as much as it did when i was smaller because yeah, right. you're going from such anonymity yep. to like the biggest person in the world posting yep. you so it really like like you could really almost feel an overnight thing, kind of. Oh, it's skipping ahead again. Yeah. When Rihanna puts you on social media. Yeah, that's, that you felt it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was fucked. That was insane. Had you met her? No, still haven't. Never talked to her. And so... Same thing. That was fans tagging me. I was getting a manicure with my mom. <laughs> Wait, so so you... Well, I guess someone holds your phone or something. Yeah. yeah. But you look at it... Yeah, I, I was getting this hand done. Yeah. <laughs> and you look at it, you're like, yo, mom, like... I saw someone left a comment and they spelled like her name wrong and it was just like, Rian like this. And I was like, do they mean Rihanna? I'm like, there's no way. And so I go to Rihanna's profile and see that she's following me now. And I was like... What? It's like I, how do you not drop it into that like I only you know, had the yeah. snippet out so then I go through my likes and I'm like oh she liked the snippet and so then the song came out that night and then she instantly posted her video and I was like this is fucking insane like, that's amazing yeah I was screaming in my house for a good 30 minutes straight I sent all of my friends like voice memos of just so you do screaming. still get like excited about it yeah wait, yeah wait, wait. Well, what, Rihanna what do you what do you well I mean yeah but, yeah, but you know. what do you hit yeah, her I still get very excited what yeah. do you what do you hit her with like say thanks yeah I just was like <laughs> hi you're amazing this yeah. is awesome thank you did she respond? No. Oh, well, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. great. She, yeah. she doesn't have to. She's Rihanna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Uh, but she doesn't do that if Bia's not on the song. That's why it's like, I'm super grateful for Bia. And I didn't even know that Bia had like a connection with her, like whatever. Yeah. I just thought Bia was dope. And we had made that song like nine months prior. So that's why it's just important to like, you know, it's funny how I do a whole album with no features and yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then the one that goes fucking nuts is, is the, the one with the feature. Well, but it makes sense. Collaborating yields the best shit. It it is it is pretty amazing. I know I know you got a lot of shit for being like, yo, I record, I write, right. I produce, I do all this stuff. But if you do take a step back and you're talking about this like ten years later type of thing, it's like, yeah, that is pretty significant. It is yeah, it is impressive. It, it is. is. It's period. It's just that it I was saying it earlier today too, and I understand that 
it's just gonna take time you know like you have to be dope for a long time yeah like cool you did it once bro get over it you know we don't believe you it's always like it's always like that if someone has a good rookie season you have to see them be good in their second year and third year and fourth year before you're like all right maybe you're actually like really good right you sound like a totally different person than i thought you would be yeah good (laughs) did somebody like put you in your place in like a, a weird in like a different way like, I think like, I put myself in my place. Yeah. I started like watching old interviews and I was like, I'm just like, I need to fucking relax. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it was so much of like trying to prove, which like that's part of the forgiveness thing. Like I forgive myself for going so hard trying to prove and like overcompensate. Like, no, I am good enough and I'm selling 2000 tickets. What the fuck are y'all doing? And did it like I get it because my spot wasn't solidified in my head. Like I wasn't super secure with where I was at in the game yeah in the realm of the thing because you just got on like you just blew up you don't know if you're gonna really be here of course i had all the confidence in the world but deep down it was clearly still like but do you believe you're gonna be here because why are you acting like this right um yeah i mean if you if you give myself if you do condense your story and you say like all right well they doubted and they doubted and they doubted and it's just like i i didn't do this in time and i felt this pressure to get something done it's like yeah you would react in a certain way yeah and i was just and you know a lot of it too came from like i thought what and what i was doing was really impressive and i thought that it wasn't getting talked about enough right so then what what do you do to combat that i'll talk about it all yeah. the time yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what which I, mean? I think is something that we do a lot oh my but god like you know we're, and we're, we're self-made we're 12 years into a career where yeah. we've done everything ourselves it's amazing we've had certain people you know managers or agents or whatever but they didn't do shit right. for us so it fell on our shoulders and sure. it's like you do big up yourself amazing things okay so i asked this yesterday on on twitter i was just like yo put a poll out or whatever mm-hmm. i was like how do we you know in 2020 promote the stuff that we do is it to be humble or is it to, is it to be loud yeah i think loud is always great yeah i'm more of like the I like to like hope that other people will like just recognize it, but it's like nobody's gonna recognize it if you are that humble person, right? That's so it's the, just like that's you know. the thing. If you wait around for yeah. like them to crown you, right. you'll miss your moment. Yeah, no one will. So, and that's what it was for me. Like I was already so conditioned like that. Like I had done all these mixtapes and all these songs that no one gave a fuck about, and emailed all these bloggers and writers that no one gave a fuck about. It wasn't hitting me back, so I was already coming into this shit pissed off, like chip on my shoulder, like haha. Fuck you, I told you. So it was a lot of like that energy, which is like cool. But now that I've like been here for a couple years, which is yeah. not a long time, but um, third album is a real thing. And yeah. I'm like, okay, I had a crazy conversation with John Mayer, which like anyone who's had the pleasure of talking to him, he's the he's like Yoda. He's like the <laughs> smartest person ever. And he texts so fast. <laughs> and it'll be these like insanely huge genius paragraphs and I'm like do you just have these like yeah, yeah, yeah. just copy and paste thing, yeah. right? because how are you writing such profound shit yeah. but he's just a genius and um, I told him like or I asked him how do you like transition like to like because I still felt and I still do at times but like I had a foot in the life before this and a foot in this life not like you know actual reality but mentally like I didn't yeah. feel fully here and he was just he all he said was just Take your coat off. Hmm. Take your jacket off. It was either jacket. He really is like Yoda. Yeah. Like, it was, like, but like weird, you, like Buddhist <laughs> Cohen. I still use that. I've been using it all day. And like ever since then, it's just like that's what it took for me. It was okay. 
take your coat off like you know what the so best thing profound. would be if he didn't even mean it to be like a deep <laughs> thing he's like literally it's yeah. hot yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was like <laughs> an autocorrect yeah. he like meant to send it to somebody else right, take yeah. your coat off like, he's like whoops i guess you yeah. work for you run with it yeah no but it was really profound and it like it helped a lot um and i, I used to have conversations with him when it was like when all the like negativity was happening and i was like how do you just not respond to it like people are assassinating my character and he's and he just was like, you know, I think you need to move the goalposts on what you think is assassination of your character. Just like all these really profound things. Yeah, it would have just... been amazing if he was also that time, take off your coat. And you're just like, <laughs> man, yeah, this guy's got something for everything. I know. <laughs> no, the he's, one thing, yeah. He's the best. He's but the, the best. But the truth of the matter is you did start to collaborate with other people. And yeah. uh, was that to get out of your comfort zone? Was no, it to like I answer the people the, who were? No, I always wanted to. But people don't like fans and people on the outside looking in. They just assume that like once you get a certain <laughs> number of followers, just like call Drake. Right. Get him right. on the song. Yeah. It's like, I don't. DM Rihanna, anyone. right? Yeah. Like, like even on my first album, I knew nobody. Like nobody knew me. Like I didn't know how to get a hold of Boy Wonder. I didn't know how to get a hold of Scott Storch or or even Bia or like anyone. Yeah. Literally anyone. So that's why the album didn't have any features. Yeah. So so once you do link up with yeah. them, what is that experience sitting in a studio with Scott Storch like? Insane. Yeah. Really like really on the way there, I was super nervous because I wanted to like. I was worried. At first, I was worried um, that I was like, man, I hope he plays something that inspires me. Because what if, like, it's like the reason why I started making beats. What if I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, I don't, like, I'm not feeling anything. And then I was like, I hope I can come up with something that's dope. Like, you know, this is like everything right now. And sure. You don't want to, like, there's times creatively where you're just, you, yeah, you're it, just, doesn't, like, yeah. it yeah. just doesn't work. And so I was like, fuck, I'm just praying it's not one of those days. But every time I've been with him, we've always made something insane. So uh, we're very good friends with The Locks. And they okay. they recently worked with Scott as well. Yeah. And they said that it was so much conversation ahead of time. Yeah. That was the most important construction yeah. to whatever they would do, you know, yeah. later on that afternoon. Oh, there was no conversation with me and Scott at first. It's just him sitting at the keyboard? Well, like we walk in, he comes over, says, what's up? You know, super nice super you know just everything great but like we didn't have some crazy huge conversation right. um he was just like what do you he's always like what do you want to make and I'm, a song I, I remember the first <laughs> thing i told him was um oh no the first thing he played me was a song called uh that i put out called maybe and it was like cry me a river that's what i was like looking for and he was like this is better than that I was like fire, and then I remember the second time I saw him, I was like, I want to make some shit like me, myself, and I. Well, and then he played "Wife You Up," which is now gold. So like, he's just a maniac. Like, yeah. if you ask him to do anything, he's like, okay, one thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's so bizarre. Have you told him that you had Scott Storch drums? I, have I told him that? I'm sure I have. <laughs> I'm sure I have. <laughs> yeah. What was your first time meeting Ilmine like? That was last night, or two nights ago. When were we in the studio? Wait, what? Yeah, two nights ago. I met him for the You first had never time. met before? No. Internet, DMs, text, beats. That was, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Met him too nice. He's awesome. Wait, yes. so, so previously. <laughs> yeah, he's so, awesome. We so previously when he sent you music for this album. Yeah. You did not know him in real life. No. And he sent you a finished product essentially? Yeah. He would just send me beat packs. And you're like, oh, I like this one. Yeah. And so then. We have like 20 songs together. Like, legitimately the stuff that you did uh, two nights ago. Yeah. Is. Really great 
really great. And I, I told him, I was like, please do not hold me to this standard because I don't ever like <laughs> crank out two really good songs. Like Yo. if I do two songs in a night, one of them is like maybe not going out or like maybe, I don't know, it's not that great. It's probably great. But This is so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're unlike anything I thought you'd be. <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, I could tell. You probably yeah. thought I was just going to come in here. Well, no, I, I, I wanted to have like an actual conversation. Like my thing yeah. was that every conversation that I've seen with you has always been very abrasive well it opens up with why do people hate you or you said this thing and tell me why and so i was like okay i don't know anything about your personal story yeah and i was just like all right let's just like have like an honest conversation and like you know trace over the arc of your thing and then that'll get you like a humanized because what separates us we like to think look you're coming to our apartment you're sitting down we want to know legitimately about your life and Everybody has an inspirational path and journey, and yeah. it is interesting to, to hear that. No one has covered that with you. We wanted to hear no, your I story. And, and there have been parts of your story that happened. So, like, the Joe Budden thing, I watched the first um, probably 20 minutes or so. Yeah. Because I didn't want to trace over the exact thing that he did. But yeah. the, But for 20 minutes... In in that you talk about your relationship with your father and how that all sure. worked. And so I was like, that's fascinating, and I want to yeah. get into all that. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So... At at this point in your life, yeah, do you feel like the the music matches up with where your head is at as a human? Um, I feel like it, you know how when you get booked for things in advance, and so when you actually end up doing the show, you're worth more. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of how music is because the album coming out right now um, is not the most up to date version of me. It would be the songs I made two nights ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know. So. But yeah, musically, it's all like it's pretty on par. But the album is a, the album is amazing. The album is in a good space. We heard know? it last night. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Thank you for coming. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rick yeah. Ross. Yes. Wild. Yeah. He um, went crazy too. R- rapping in the same cadence as as you. Yeah, he's awesome. That's amazing. He's awesome. Um, Benny the Butcher. Benny the Butcher. Yeah. I mean. Crazy. How did these reach outs go? Uh, how did we first link with Ross? It was, oh, you know what? It was Bel Air. You know, uh, Brett, who like owns Bel Air. What's Brett's last name? Brett Barish. We know of him. Right. We so, know we know a so couple I, other people below. So I did. <laughs> we know Rick Ross. So this was a, <laughs> yeah, this, no, that's true. This yeah. is actually a really cool story. So I did this interview with Brett and Bel Air, and he's like, if you meet him, he's the nicest, greatest human ever. <laughs> like, just so like, oh, anything you need, like, just so welcoming and just warm and amazing. And so after the interview, he's like, man, anything you need, just ask. And I'm the type of person, if you tell me that, I'm asking right there <laughs> yeah, yeah. for the craziest shit. I was like, I need Rick Ross and Nipsey on a song because wow. he had a good relationship with Nipsey. Yeah. And he was like, done. Two weeks later, I got, a, not even, like a week later, I got a verse back from ross and then like you know we were going with nipsey and then nipsey was on tour and i talked to nipsey he was like i'm gonna get it to you da, 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 da. and it just didn't end up working out but yeah yeah that was okay how that happened where do you listen to that ross verse um that the first one that i got sent was in my mom's house like on on speakers or your no, headphones on my phone yeah on my phone and i was just fucking screaming <laughs> like because it's it's you yeah. Like that's I, I will say that's one of those moments where I felt like a professional rapper. Yeah. yeah. I was like, wait a second, this is Rick <laughs> and it was over one of my beats. Yeah. Like this new one is over a boy wonder beat. So like the first one was over one of my beats. I was like, oh shit. And that beat I had made in a hotel room in Minnesota a year prior. And I had said in the hotel room 
I'm going to get Ross on this. Like, this sounds like a Ross beat. And a year later, I got him on it. So I was like, this is fucked. This is nuts. Do you put things into the universe for them to happen? Absolutely. What else have you put out there that you can talk about that you're like, oh, that's definitely on the way? Um, I feel like at some point, me and Kanye are going to make something. I feel like at some point, me and Drake are going to make something. I'm just like the biggest Drake fan yeah. ever. Was right. he like one of the cutouts in your hundred percent? Yeah, I make it sound like a voodoo doll sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I did that, so I gave you that payoff. Yeah, that's partly due to me. Um, how did you get Boogus on the project? <laughs> I had my people hit his people, yeah, and then, yeah sure, and then yeah. a year later, yeah. right. finally yeah. manifested it. <laughs> yeah, Benny the Butcher was a cool one too because I've just been a huge fan of him, and like you know, I listen to his music and just I'm sitting there thinking like, all right, well, there's no way he fucks with me. You know, like, that's what I'm thinking. Just, like, those worlds yeah. probably don't mesh musically. But I was like, fuck it. Let me show love and reach out and just be, like, you know, it'd Yo. be an honor to work with you. Yeah. And he's like, man, let's run it. I fuck with you. Da -da -da -da. He sent me a verse back ASAP. The, the reality of um, the effectiveness of reaching out or having yeah. something good to say and concise and yeah. the results yeah. is like a hundred percent. Do you guys get like in your world, do you feel like have you guys had those moments where you're like, Man, if I didn't even reach out to this person, I wouldn't have even known that they fuck with me. Cause like I feel like all of us we sit around and wait for someone to hit us up. That's that's yeah. what I do because I'm just a dickhead. It's like <laughs> it's like, you know, like I, I don't wanna reach out, but I've gotten rid of that. Now I'm the first yeah. one to hit you up. Yeah. But there's been so many people that like I've reached out to, like T minus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I reached out the other week and just like, yo, you're fucking amazing. And he's like, Man, I'm a big fan. Let's work. And then yeah. boom, now me and him have four songs. Yeah. Um There have been there have been times that I think that I think that we are very proactive in reaching out do to Do you people. guys hit people first? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You wanna know what but the surprising I, stuff I was? was? I, I was surprised it. that you hit us up. Or like your people hit us yeah. up. Yeah. No, um, I, we've been trying to do this. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, I had yeah. no idea yeah. either. Well, it's been like on the radar. We just couldn't like timing. And That's whatever, dope. But it's yeah. definitely been. I'm, I'm I appreciate that. Very glad that it happened. Yeah. yeah. I'll say this. I was surprised. So, uh, again, long career. We've done a lot of different yeah. things, right? right? We used to do these red carpet interviews for MTV, okay. um, which were so different. We did the AKAs. We did the gunshots, all that, right? Yeah. And everybody was fucking with us. Uh, J. Cole, Rocky, Ross, like everybody. Right. So many times, Miguel... Currency. I mean, yeah. on down the list, people would be like, Jada Kiss, like everybody would be like, you guys do music too? And we're like, we actually do. And they're like, can we get on that? Because... You guys do music? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. do music. We did a mixtape with DJ Drama. We performed at Bonnaroo. We've done some cool stuff. Yeah. What the entire fuck just happened? We had I a, know, the whole thing We have an weird. album. Oh, we Bun B's rapping with us. Freeway, Mano, Lil John. Like, the what list goes on and on. What is happening right now? Uh, we have a song with Currency and Smoke Dizza called Sugar High. It's There's a lot of stuff. Currency and Smoke Dizza used to be my shit. They, yeah. they still are. Yeah. And, but... But it's the fact that like people were like, yo, you do something different That's crazy. that I really fuck with, right? And and at that point too, we had this you What know, do you guys go by? We're it's, it's the real. real. That's the like That's, it. That's everything. Yeah. The podcast That's is a waste hard. of time with It's the Real. We're It's the Real. We've done sketches. So three and a half years every Monday. Talk about like consistency and yeah. quality. And people fucked with us because of that. Yeah, Max we're constantly feeding. Yeah, yeah. Max yeah. B wanted to be in a video um, and was in a video. Uh, this is amazing. Cameron was in a video. This is so impressive. Like all, all these you. people. But, yeah. but anyway, it, 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 it meant a lot that people were just like proactive on their end. And it's yeah. just like, oh, when you get 
like your Ross verse, yeah. well, we got our Bun B verse for the first time for a song called Girls with the Dirty Souths. Yeah. About those women who keep it au natural, right? right. Um, <laughs> by the way, did we shoot the video down in Houston where we were the three world's worst landscapers because we salute those women who let the bush grow? Yes. Yes. Anyway, it's a great, great music video. Shot by, shot by our friend Rex Arrow, who did all Mac Miller's videos. Yes, Rex Arrow. Holy um, shit. I haven't heard that name. I remember seeing his, with the, his logo yeah, yeah, on yeah, yeah, the Mac yeah. Miller video. He's yeah. the greatest. But, wow, but, for, but for people to respect you and bless you with something, yeah. that, you sit there and you listen to it, you're just like, but I'm me. Like, right. Like, we're us. Right. Like, we grew up 30 minutes north of New York City. Like, like why, we why never us? even, we listened to Hot 97. Like, yeah. like, we grew up with, like, Big Pimpin', and now right. we're on a song with Bun, right. and you can never take that away from us. 100%. That's the greatest feeling ever. 100%. Yep. And that's definitely a Ross moment, for sure. And even when the Nipsey thing was so sad. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, we were really going to do that, and it was on a song called Last Forever, which is just, like, wild, you know, given all the things. But yeah. Yeah. I remember when Snoop, that was, like, another but moment. But that one actually just, like, happened. Yeah. 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 Um. That was so random because he had posted something on his Instagram where like my song was in the background, but you couldn't tell if he like consciously did that or if he was like putting up a video of him and whatever the fuck music was in the background was whatever was in the background. Yeah. Yeah. But then shortly after that, like a couple hours later, I just get a DM like, I love your music. Call me <laughs> from Snoop Dogg. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> did you call him? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, how? Like, what? And like, I remember the first time I called him also at my mom's house. Um, the first time you need I to visit your mom more. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> first time I call Snoop Dogg and I hear his voice, it felt fake. Oh, because yeah. he sounds Agreed. like Snoop Dogg. Yeah, because yeah. he's Snoop Dogg. Yeah, so, you hung up. <laughs> yeah. By the way, like really wild. Yo, when you like, what do you say to Snoop when Dogg? you were getting uh, your manicure done yes. with your mom and and the Rihanna thing? Uh, yeah. And it, you're like, is this real? Like, what's yeah. going on? When we we were hosting. Uh, uh, this is Grammys last year. A year ago, when it was in New York, whatever. Okay. Um, and we were out at we were hosting a club oh. in in Brooklyn, Shemansky's, and uh, we're on the couches, whatever we're doing, whatever hosts have to do, right? Right. And someone hit us and was like, "Yo, the Roots played your shit on Jimmy Fallon," and we're just like, "No, what? No, <laughs> like why? Like there's there's zero reason for, <laughs> for that to happen." Yeah, and yeah. you're like breaking out like headphones in the club, like pressing, trying to like, are they really playing our shit? And then they did, and we were like, we got to leave. And so we jumped off the couches. We said right. sorry to like the people who were That's running literally it. Literally exactly what I did. Ran, I ran out of the nail salon. And yeah. we ran to the Roots were having their their Roots, like because they, they took over Gramercy for like a week or whatever, yeah. and had their jam during Grammy week. Yeah. And we ran in there to go be able to say to like Questlove, like, thank you. He was like, oh, well, thanks for writing a song called Waco. And we're like, wonderful. Because there yeah. was a TV show called Waco, and they played it for yeah for that, Waco, oh, for, oh, the, for the, the walk-on music. music. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Which Insane. is wild. Yeah. But it's, it's those moments where it's just like. It makes it feel super real. Yeah, or or really, or not, really real. not real. <laughs> yeah, all at the same time. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, no, so yeah, so you sure. you've toured the world. Mm -hmm. um, as someone was saying to us last night at your thing, Russ doesn't get the credit for selling out the buildings he sells out. Yeah, that's got to feel very overwhelming and satisfying. Yeah, um, you're in a place now where you're on your third album. Mm -hmm. You're how old? Twenty seven. Twenty seven. Great age. Yeah. Uh, how? satisfied are you um i'm more satisfied than i was six months ago you know but i feel like i've always been scared to be content oh I feel totally because like, i just feel like it sleeps a little too close to complacency yeah you know well is it important to you now for validation 
to get an award, to get a Grammy, to... I've always wanted a Grammy. That was just something that I looked up to as a kid and that my ego has to get that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then I'll be okay. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> then I then everything on my checklist is done. That is literally the last thing. Like, all I really wanted was a platinum debut album and, like, hits and to sell out Staples Center and, yeah, and a Grammy. And buy but, my mom a beach house. So, okay, done, 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 done. Yeah. So you win a Grammy... After I get a Grammy and sell out the garden. Oh, and I feel like now we're just like adding more things to this thing. <laughs> no, because I forgot I do want to get a garden. Yeah. But then it's like, then at that point, everything is kind of just, oh, this is great. This is extra. You yeah. Know? Like if I end up being able to make a song with Kanye, that's crazy. Or like, you know, shit like that would just be. But it's nothing where you amazing. put like a time limit on things and say like, no, well, I no. want to retire after I get a Grammy. Because then isn't it like, well, I want another Grammy? Yeah. Well, that's always what my dad used to tell me is like, you know, you don't know how to be content. You're going to have 14 Grammys and be really pissed off you don't have 15, which is most likely true. Yeah. So, but <laughs> let me get the 14. <laughs> you know. Did you watch the Grammys this year? Um, No. Okay, well, you know, Tyler, the creator, you know, yes. won for, for Best Rap Album. Yeah. And, it's, and it's interesting to look at his journey when you're saying, like, I look back at my interviews. I remember also on Rap Fix mm -hmm. when all those guys, Odd Future, were in the... And I felt so bad for Rob. I felt so bad because, oh, like, yeah. all they wanted to do was disrupt things, And they right? had Joey on... Remember, Joey Badass was oh, the totally. guest yeah. totally. on that. But, like, yeah. you know, I'm sure that Tyler looks back at his stuff and he's like, oh, I'm growing. I'm a different person, yeah. Yeah. you know? And that was Rob's first... I'm, uh, yeah. I'm saying, I'm saying, but like mm -hmm. to see his career arc is not dissimilar to yours where it's like, no, I was young at the time. Yeah. yeah. People now, up. now I am a, a grown up. It is Believe hard. Believe it or not, it, pool it, and the whole thing. Yeah, you are an adult. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, are but you, it's, it's, you know what it is? It's um, when you not grow up in front of the world, but like, as we're saying, you are still growing up, even if you're 23 in front of the world and now I'm 27. You, that is still more growing up but when you do it in front of the world they try and like keep you prisoner to whatever you said yep. for you like not right. you're not allowed to change your mind it's like what right it's insane what if what if i change my mind though yeah <laughs> you know yeah um you know i was looking at um fuck i don't remember what i was gonna say all right yeah it's fine <laughs> you know we had like such a good conversation <laughs> and just like right now it's just like you want to know what fuck it absolutely <laughs> it's Sometimes it's okay to fuck up yeah it's okay <laughs> you, d you do have this new album yeah um it comes out uh both by this time it has come out right so congratulations on that thank you um what are you looking for this album to mean to your i just want my fans to fuck with it that's it like and they i started probably, i think I st they will yeah. i started getting into this game of like competition which is really easy to do especially because i'm super competitive like you know i played basketball all my life in high school da, 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 da. um you know but i learned that like it's really just competing against myself like as far as the numbers go as long as this album does more streams than zoo mm -hmm. then i won because i beat myself yeah everything else is what the fuck ever well, as far as numbers go okay what if it doesn't um, if it doesn't, then it's also kind of just like, but do y'all like it? <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, I think that it's, it's, you know, it's whatever. It's just, yeah, it's all kind of whatever. Like, but it's like, you know, I wanted to get away from trying to be like, but what did you do your first week? Yeah. No, like, you know, like we had a conversation with, um, with Ari Lennox on, she's uh, so here. Amazing. She's the best. She is the she's best. She's so good. And, and not the credit she deserves. But we were talking about how, um, she didn't like how certain projects of hers hadn't hit with certain audiences or something. And I was right. like, there's no, like these days, 
Yeah. There's no difference between good or bad. It's yeah. just, has it found its audience yet or not? And I say yeah. yet because, like, you know. You never know. It could take like, a year for it to find it. Exactly. And we were yeah. already talking about that with, like, the Lizzo stuff, with your stuff. Like, things can take two years, three years to yeah. catch on. And yeah. so, like, I hope that you you have your pride in your work and that's all that matters. Like, it's not yeah. the numbers. It's not. And by the way, I'm usually not the Gary V of this sort of, <laughs> sort of dynamic. But I right. guess, like, right now I am. Yeah. yeah. So. But the numbers do matter to me because... I've just always been a number person. They just, I'm glad that they don't matter so much in the space of comparing it to someone else's numbers. Yeah. But like, I am competing against myself, but like, at the end of the day, you're 100% right. Like, first and foremost, I'm proud of the music. You know, I think, fuck everything else. This is like me at my best musically. That's my opinion. Like, yeah. this is the, I feel like the growth talent wise, not talent wise, skill wise, the growth skill wise between my first album and second album is not that crazy it's like i'm pretty much just about the same this one is the one where i really creatively like went here but for me if you look back if you pull back yeah and you look at because there's been lots of ups and downs but yeah. if you look back you started down here yeah and you're way up here no, it's and crazy. that yeah is what should be important it is for sure no when i went back and listened to those terrible dorm room songs i'm like i can't believe and then i instantly like played my newest song i had made i was like holy fuck <laughs> <laughs> like i didn't see this coming at all like, yeah you know? i don't have type drums anymore I have yeah, actual drums. Like, holy shit it was ins- like i used to make beats like one finger like on the piano is just doing three notes it's so bad and like yo this is so hard like, delusional but i needed that delusion everyone needs that delusion. yeah hundred thousand percent it's hard though because not you know certain things are not for everyone so it's it's hard to tell people be delusional because a lot of times it's like like okay stop being delusional because this is not for you, you right know? but for sure. Well, listen, Russ. Uh, I'm thrilled that you came up here. It was thank an, you for having me. It was, it was an awesome experience. Yeah, like, it was really, great. Yeah, congratulations on the new album. Congratulations on everything that's going on, and uh, we really appreciate you taking off your coat. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. John yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening to this new episode of A Waste Time with It's the Real Jeff. People want to find out more about us. I'm Eric with the curly hair. You're Jeff with the glasses. Together we are It's the Real. No apostrophe. No spaces. If people want to find out more about this podcast. Podcast is called The Wasted Time with It's the Real. If people want to find out more about what's going on with us, Jeff, where can they you go? You can always go to itstherial.com, I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L.com. You can also find us on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, talking about Castbox, Acast, Overcast, all the casts. YouTube.com slash it's the real. Jeff, I also want to tell people real quick, we have another podcast that we do with Styles P and Sheik Luch of also the Locks. Also Jadakiss of the Locks. And Jadakiss shows up sometimes. We have a podcast called Two Jews and Two Black Dudes Review the Movies. It is also available wherever you listen or watch podcasts. And this week, just yesterday, Groundhog Day, we reviewed the movie Groundhog Day. So go check that out right now. This is the time of the podcast where we like to shout people out who are good and loyal listeners of ours. And I asked the internet today, I said, hey, good and loyal listeners, do us a favor. If you want to shout at the most random celebrity you can think of, the more left field, the better. And Jeff, did anybody 
don't respond. Joshi Gond, our guy in LA, our photographer, said Steve Carell, aka Michael Scott, aka Michael Scarn, formerly known as the donor of Scott's Tots. Shout out to Daniel David, our guy Abu Calves out there in London Town, who shouted out the soccer player Ronaldo. Cash Money Josh said Andrew Schultz. Shout out to Alex, aka Cho Daddy, who just won a t-shirt from us for shouting out Woj, Adrian Wojanowski from ESPN. JRD the musician said Al Yankovic. Shout out to Hen Season who wants a shout out for his guy, Murphy Lee. Who doesn't get enough shout outs if we're gonna be honest? Mitch Gaines said Shea Serrano who's been on the podcast before. Shout out to our guy Trav Dave O-H-I-O who wanted to shout out, I guess himself, and Mr. Dalvin from Jodeson. Shout out to the Don Coogee who said Whoopi Goldberg. Shout out to O Heidi who wants to shout out Tom Brady who I guess he's not going to leave the Pats. Who knows? Yeah, I wasn't really paying attention. D Street 815 also said Al Yankovic. Shout out to your boy Nate B who wants to shout out Barbara Streisand. That's a really good one. Leezy TMNY said Dave Courier. All right. of, I mean, Fuller House now, but Full House before. Devin No One Cares wanted to shout out Jaquan. Luigi, aka Mario, said Carl Malone 32. Well, not only that, he also shouted out Backpack Kid. So big shouts. Man, I want to. Backpack Kid. We gotta get Backpack Kid up here still. Smash Lames said, My name is JB, who is an Emmy Award winner. Smoking Aces wanted to shout out, and uh, this is left field, Candace Owen. Well, fuck that. Road Almighty said, Tony Robbins and Fran Drescher. Supreme Kadeem wants to shout out Josh Wolf and Hennessy Williams, hashtag fill the hole. Cash Mac Money 6 said a great rap bar could be flipped using at Cheryl Crow. Underscore Yanye underscore the doctor of streetwear wants to shout out Paul Pogba, the football player. Benjamin McNucklepeck, AMW7A1, said Andrew Yang. The past pawn wants to shout out the wrestler, the Iron Sheik. Chanel Ali said at Helen Hunt, but also an honorable mention to Helen Hunt's forehead. Photo Queen 24, the big old Greek wants to shout out Jim Carrey. Honor Roll Rose said, I would at Tink, but Sheik hasn't told me his IG yet, so let's just go with Cardo Got Wings, since you know he's 411. Shout out to two Jews and two black dudes reviewing movies. Devious Minds wants to shout out the evil napkin, Nardwar, our friend. Don, aka Boots, said Jaleel White, Steve Urkel. Nick Cross, just for giggles, wants to shout out Deshaun Watson of the Houston Texans. Skeevy Wonder, which is a great name, by the way. Great name. Said the real Gilbert Godfrey. Magic SP wants to shout out John Calipari. Who is up next, said Jim Carrey. Clever Lines wants to shout out Travis Barker. 100 Grand Royce, said Paulie Shore. Z Chillin wants to shout out Stephen King, the writer. Wait, none of these people even follow us. <laughs> Who are these people? Oh, Los Def said Barbara Corcoran. Shout out to Sleeping Probably, who wants to shout out Cuevo Guerrero Jr., Mexican Warrior. T with Tammy said Charlie Wilson, who actually is in town right now. Maybe we should get him back on the podcast. Art by KJ wants to shout out Amanda Seal. Kensworth said Sharon Stone. Company Eli or Eli Company, one of the two, wants to shout out Hannibal Burris. Keep it G. Floyd said David Allen Greer. Again, doesn't follow us. Ash the Stampede. Max Julian wants to shout out Sir Michael Rocks of the Cool Kids. Cortez Classic said Snowden. Sight and Sound, Sight Sound Company wants to shout out Hillary Duff. Hat Gang 12, which is a great name. I don't I don't get it, but it's a great name. Said Bill Burr, also can you shout out Sarah? It's far from over, Squiet. 
Mr. Albert Wright, who also goes by Problematic Tony, says, yeah, 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 shout out to Condoleezza Rice and all my Africans. You heard? This is going to get us in trouble at one point. Um, Rich Homie Chuck doesn't follow us. He said, Boomer Valderrama, tell him your AKAs. Well, so at least he's aware. I mean, that's better. Who are these people? Keep It Basement, who does follow us, Jeff. Yes. Wants to shout out Skip Bayless. Day One Davey said Sarah McLaughlin, who actually got shouted out on our Jay Worthy podcast. Shout out to our guy Dennis, Phantom Beats VA, who says, let's finally get a shout out for me. Hamill himself, Mark Hamill from Star Wars. Shout out. Yeah, a movie that we don't care about. To our guy, Dennis. Torian B., our guy from across town at 1199, is to shout out the guy who wears a mask from the St. Lunatics. Jeff, he has a name. Slow down. Shout out to Slow Down and all you St. Lunatics out there. As always, not for real, for real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys next week. Right.